0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a post-All-Star Break edition of SSPN Live. Ethan, how you doing, my guy? I'm doing very well, Jude. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good, too. And, you know, we were just talking about the show rundown before we got in here, and I forgot one thing. This isn't planned. Like, I genuinely just forgot it.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: The last post-game that we did was against the Toronto Raptors, and then you were able to go to the Mavs game that Thursday which was the last game before the All-Star break. And while that was not the best game to watch, although we did start 26-11, to 11 and then we took Wemby out, and things went downhill, which is kind of the story of the season. Mm. Um, there were some pretty cool things that happened to you at that game. I don't know if you want to talk about them. You can at least talk about your game experience if you want to talk about that. Mm. What was that
1: Thursday Mavs game like before the All-Star break? It was incredible. Um, well, it's an incredible experience. Obviously, the win didn't pan out we ended up really losing that second half pretty badly but that first quarter was in, was incredible for the spurs the the run Wemby was able to go on um, was fantastic to watch and uh daniel gafford i thought he was going to be uh difficult for Wemby because he wasn't when, in the wizards game wasn't the case for the first half but that second half we really imploded in that third quarter Kyrie irving got hot obviously we lost the game by i think 20 points or something like that but I was at the game, pretty good seats. I don't know if you could see that. Uh, I can. And I went with my dad's old family friends. Uh, they were lovely. I won't say their names on on the podcast, but they were fantastic, great time, and they have a relationship with one of the players. So after the game, I was able to shake hands and meet Mr. Keldon Johnson. Excuse my chest being out in the picture, but um, he was awesome, dude. Like, really humble guy down to earth uh i know this is like a small detail but like we had maybe like a 10 co- 10 minute conversation at the beginning obviously like hey my name ethan and then at the end he remembered my name and he was like hey ethan great to meet you dabbed up again um real solid dude signed my shirt it was otherworldly <laughs> to me it was my first time i've actually met a spur like any spur. Yeah, yeah so like he's so tall he's so athletic giant hand Um, and he's super humble, like down to earth, but at the same time, like I was kind of shell shocked, like forgetting like all the things I had planned to say to him, you know, just like, uh, uh, (laughs) so cool. So cool to meet you. And he's literally one year older than me. So it's like not even like an age difference, but it it, it was an incredible experience to say the least.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, as much as that game did go downhill Mm -hmm. with the great start we had and specifically Victor's great start, I just have to ask you what was it like seeing Victor playing in person for the first time?
1: It's insane how everyone in the in the Mavericks arena was there to watch him and he really like sucks the air out of the room. Like when he has mm-hmm. the ball, it's like basically silent cuz everyone's just like what's he going to do? And to watch someone at his size, like I know it's stereotypical everyone says it, but his size on TV versus in person is like vastly different like he is head and shoulders over everybody else and to watch what he's able to do with the ball as far as being a ball handler a facilitator a shooter um it's you've never seen anything quite like this i've seen chris Stapps play before who's also tall lanky and right. the corn like you can't compare the two as far as like what they're how they're able to manipulate the game and and, and play with the ball in their hands
0: yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm jealous of you for a multitude of reasons, there, <laughs> Ethan. But as I'm I'm glad that all that stuff happened, uh, because with the way that the game went, um, I'm sure that still, you know, that made made things a little bit better for you there.
1: <laughs> cherry on top, cherry on top. And at, at one point, I was you know blabbering kind of like I am right now to Keldon, and then I was like, man, we watch every game. Like it's so cool to finally meet you. And he goes, yeah, man, you know, it's been a rough year. And I was like, don't, don't even like, don't even matter. Like we're still watching. We still care about the team. We love that you're out here playing hard every single night. And he was like, I appreciate that. Um, so real solid dude.
0: That's good to hear. Cause you know, with all the, I'm sure that was nice for him to hear too. And I know it's like, yes, you're meeting him with, you know, certain connections there. So it's like probably everybody who meets him in person is going to be nice, but I'm, I'm sure with all of the, uh, all of the internet talk <laughs> that has been that just in in today's era not even just for the losing teams but that the winning teams get um mm-hmm. that was probably a nice little refresher for him like hey there are some true some true diehards out there that that are riding with you regardless you know what i mean
1: i hope so i hope i wasn't just like oh god this guy's 23 and he's <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's this end of the game but yeah, yeah i hope that's how we got what he got out of it right
0: right you hope so um But anyways, we've got some other stuff to talk about because after that, Ethan, we had All-Star Weekend, and there were actually three Spurs represented. Um, So I'm going to dish it to you. You did get to watch the Rising Stars Challenge, correct?
1: I did, yes. Um, Obviously, Jeremy Sohan's team, Team Jalen, won the whole thing, so shout out to him. He didn't have like a crazy, like he didn't contribute all that much. It was really Benedict Matherin and everybody else, like Jeremy just, just kind of out there, unfortunately. But it was still nice to see a spur on the on the on the stage when they actually won the entire thing. And and Wemby's team lost to Team Detlef Shrimp, which is the G Leaguers, um, which was a shocker to say the least. But they clearly wanted it more. Like they were out there competing. While Team Powell was kind of trying to put on a show a little bit, and it, everybody was having a difficult time getting the ball to Wemby. Like statistically, looking at it, like he had a good game. But nobody could get him the ball, kind of how we struggled early in the season with the Spurs. It was very reminiscent of that. It's like, okay, it's not just our guys. It's difficult for everybody to play with Victor Wimbunyama because he's such a special talent. Uh, but he lost, so it was a little disappointing not to see the Chet versus Wemby matchup in the finals. But um, I'm still glad at least one Spur got got the W that night.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, you took the words out of my mouth on, on that point you were mentioning. Like, I know it's a game to forty in the Rising Stars Challenge. It's not the most like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Translatable, yeah. you know, thing to the an actual NBA game. But at the same time, like they they got Podzimski mic'd up before the game, and he's like. I'm lobbing it to you every time, Victor. This is going to be so easy. Like He didn't say it's going to be so easy, but from his body language and the way that he was talking, you could kind of tell that's how he felt. And quickly, they realized that it's not that easy. It's not that simple you know, when they get on the court. And, and you and I were texting back and forth about that. And I don't think that's the end-all be-all. Like, Yes, it's the Rising Stars Challenge. I will say that it seemed like the Rising Stars Challenge, they go a little bit harder than the All-Star sure. game um Most so yeah right not even a comparison there's a lot of talk about that right now um but that aside ethan it was a little bit of an example of some of the stuff that we've been talking about through the year that there there is an adjustment to playing with him
1: regardless of the situation i think we actually only had one lob to wimby in the entire first game that he ended up losing um which was and, and not to point fingers at anybody but case and wallace shooting five threes and missing all of them is terrible like please stop shooting
0: and there were a couple guys on there that were just kind of out there running i don't mean this in a bad way but i'm just i'm just thinking about this something that's popping into my head while you're talking like jabari smith Mm -hmm. you know not going 100 percent. understandably understandably um where that entire g league team was just going as hard as possible they they obviously got kind of gassed out you know, having to play back-to-back games there. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as it is the G League team, and that was not expected, um, I mean, Mac McClung was all over All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Alondas Williams, he was a dude who really showed out for them. He's a guy who's had 55 in the G League. So as uh, Oscar uh, Seabway, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm butchering his last name, but you know I'm talking about the, the Pacers guy. Um, he was a beast on the interior. I think he had a poster on somebody, too. If I'm maybe I'm misremembering that, but regardless, regardless, all those guys were out there playing for contracts. They had a little bit more motivation um, than Team Wemby, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely, and they were doing a really good job defensively. Last point I'll make on this because obviously, like you said, not much to take away from this kind of game, right? But like they were poking the ball out of everybody's hands for Team Pal. Like nobody could just hold it. Like they were getting it picked so easily, Um, Wemby included. So they they were playing great D.
0: Yeah, they they came out motivated, wanted something to prove. Jamal Crawford was the only one who even initiated, mm-hmm. you know, or, or or thought of the thought that they could potentially win the thing because of kind of that motivation factor. Mm-hmm. Um and also because there is a little bit of translation um with the style of play whenever it comes to the G League and the NBA. Obviously the talent level is not there. It's not mm-hmm. not comparable on any, <laughs> you know, level um but the style of play, that's why you've seen, you know, so many kids that are going to play in the nbl or the the g league um and i know the nbl is a different thing but other than college basketball the the pace in in both of those leagues is much more similar uh to the nba but
1: we'll see with all
0: that stuff how how the rest of this uh how the ignite plays out ethan because i know this is a little off topic but i saw an article that with just Basically with NIL and college, and I know that's a whole nother conversation, I'm not trying to get too deep in the weeds here, but a lot of the advantages that the G League Ignite team presented whenever it was first introduced aren't necessarily there anymore because when in the first season, like NIL wasn't a thing yet in college, or if it was, it was like the first year, you know, and it wasn't as built out exactly. as there weren't as many opportunities to make money like there is now, you know, at certain universities. Um, so Adam Silver was talking about it in the press conference over All-Star Weekend, and he did like a whole segment uh, or answer basically on um, on just the future of Ignite and how they're not necessarily sure how that's going to work moving forward. Um, as of right now, they're still recruiting a lot of top prospects, so maybe there's still a couple seasons on the horizon. But anyways, that's just going to be something interesting to watch moving forward. And another thing that I'll just touch on here just because we're on the subject of G League Ignite is Ron Holland who is mm. a potential, you know, guy that the Spurs could draft in the lottery depending on how the lottery goes. Um he is going to be out for the rest of the year. So mm. all of the Ron Holland tape that we've got it's done now. Um so yeah. <laughs> I guess that that's just something that kind of ties into the Spurs a little bit. I doubt that, you know, there's probably We'll see if he ends up even being in our range, depending on the lottery, like I said. But here on February 22nd, potentially something that could apply to the Spurs, if you know we end up falling a little bit in the lottery, because I think he'll be kind of in that like eight, eight to twelve range, maybe six.
1: I would be shocked if we fell to eight and six to eight. Like if we're not top five, then that's blasphemous because we've been pretty much like bottom two teams the entire year.
0: I know it's um, just it's just with the lottery you never know how it can work know. out.
1: You never know, but um, I, I I have nothing to say about Ron Holland. I, I haven't looked done any research on any prospects this season yet, Jude, except for Alexander Sar, and that's only because he keeps popping up on my like TikTok and Instagram reels. But that's about it.
0: It's all that overtime elite clout, man. They just they just mm. make all the reels. I know he's not even playing for them right now, but I'm telling you, it stems from then.
1: Mm. Is he is he going to be in this draft? Am I mistaken?
0: Yes, no, he's like the number one prospect.
1: Yeah, Ooh. so, so that'll be a see. nice video for the future. Like, do you if we get the number one pick? Let's say theoretically, that next video we make, you it's going to be do you take Alexander Sar because he's a seven foot one, big basically like four. We don't have to get into it now, but that'll be an interesting interesting debate because it's so obvious that the number one thing we need is point guard play.
0: Yes. But, but in that situation, it it's funny. You, I don't want to get too deep into that, mm-hmm. but like he is much more of a four. Like he's yeah. he's seven one, but he's two o five. You know what I'm saying? Like he's even mm-hmm. more perimeter based than Wemby. And then on top of that, he played a season with Dominic Barlow on the overtime elite team when he was like 16. After playing for Real Madrid in the Euro League mm-hmm. when he was older, and then now he's playing in the NBL in Perth. So that's even more professional experience. But the other thing I was going to mention is he's French. Um, so you got the Barlow connection. You could potentially have French twin towers. Um, but you know, there's also Jeremy Sohan there and like you mm-hmm. said needs, but then again, the Spurs always just pick best player available. That's a whole nother conversation down the line that we'll get into, but there's a little bit of draft stuff from me and Ethan. Jeremy's
1: going to play point guard next year again.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. We're going to draft out. That's H- the solution. We're going to draft Alex Sar, and Jeremy's going to start at point guard and it's going to be fine.
1: Yep, perfect. I'm settled.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Obviously just joking for those of you who may have took that seriously. I doubt many of you did. But there was also some other events at the All-Star Weekend that we're going to talk about here, Ethan. So there was the Skills Challenge. Not really too much to take away from this. Uh, Me and you (laughs) were talking about it before we went live. I thought Wimby did a solid job. I think he did better than Scotty Barnes. I'll say that.
1: For sure, Scotty Barnes dribbled it off his ankle, like within the first ten feet of the challenge. Can we just? The only thing I want to say about it, yeah, Wemby, great job representing the Spurs. It was nice to see a spur out there for the first time since Tony Parker. Um, Can we just remodel the entire skills challenge to be what it used to be? Like there was absolutely nothing wrong with it when it was just individual versus individual. And it was actually a challenge. Remember how small the pass hole used to be? Yes. It was like the size of a basketball. Now it's gigantic. Like it's too gimmicky and weird. I don't want the court. Make it a regular court. I don't want the LED court. Let's go back to basics and get this thing right. Please, for the love of God.
0: Yeah, I mean, this gets into a whole nother All-Star Weekend discussion, but I was talking about this with some coaches uh, Mm -hmm. when I was covering a game, uh, some basketball coaches specifically as well, um, because they're not coaching anymore. But anyways, that could go into a whole nother thing. Regardless, I was having some conversations with some coaches, um, and they were talking about how it just kind of feels like it's just, I mean, when we grew up, it just felt so much more, like important not just Mm -hmm. from the game but like to the dunk contest the three-point contest I feel like is the thing that's aged the best like that's kind of kind of still the same but like the guys we have in the dunk contest I don't even mean disrespect it's just like you don't have like you know like your all NBA players you know lining up to be in the dunk contest I know what did Jalen Brown end up doing it this time?
1: He did he was an all-star yeah
0: so I gotta give him a little bit of credit for for trying to do it but like I don't know. And, and it also goes back to the, the game itself. Like back in the day, it feels like when we were growing up, you know, like when we were kids watching this, like Kobe was trying to score, you know what I mean? When everybody was wearing their own jerseys, you know, stuff like that. I remember even Jason Kidd like out there playing hard in, in one of the the all-star games. Now I know it still was never the same intensity of an actual game. um, But regardless, it was, it was a much better, not to call it a product, but when I say it's a much better product, I just mean like it, it was a much more competitive mm-hmm. um, environment, yeah. I guess it, is the way that I would describe it.
1: It felt like they used to like play an actual game. Go out there, play a real game, but just try a few more things that you would never try in a real game. Like right. throw that lob that might be a little ill-advised you know make it a flashy pass rather than a simple bounce pass like things like that just spruce, spruce, spruce it up a little bit and now it's basically just half court shots the entire game
0: yeah um and then like cat scores 50 but doesn't even win mvp like i'm not saying that he should have won mvp but like he lost that's, game. that's when you know i didn't see i didn't even know what team he was on that's oh, well. i mean i I'm, a, I'm gonna be real um i watched the first quarter Mm-hmm. And then I just, I, I told myself I was going to go back. I went to make some food and then I never
1: went back. Well, Draymond literally roasted Cat on his uh, alternate cast. He said, this is this is looking like an old Minnesota game. Cat has 40 and they're down 30 or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, that's so personal. He hates Minnesota. I, I don't really know why, but.
0: Oh, Draymond, 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 Draymond. I wish I could say I was surprised, but I'm not. <laughs>
1: No, it, the three point contest is you're right. It aged the best, but even still, I don't know why we have an entire money ball rack. And I don't know why we have yeah. the two deep balls. Like what happened is just like it, it. You can't compare anymore because back in the day they had five racks. Each had one money ball. So when a guy dropped 20, it was like really impressive. But now guys are dropping 29 and 26 and 27. It's like, well, what? what's the point? Yeah
0: you know the saying if it didn't broke don't fix it ethan well they broke it even more yeah they they tried to fix it or just make it better they didn't even need to fix it and then they ended up breaking it in the process that's kind of what it feels like
1: last thing sorry now you got me. no tandem. go ahead what you said about the dunk contest is so true but like even even like recent history when we're like middle school high school it wasn't necessarily all stars or all NBA players, right. but it was at least like lottery picks, like recent lottery picks that were trying to make a name for themselves, like Zach Levine, exactly. Aaron Gordon, like like it was guys that you were excited to see. Um, it wasn't no disrespect, but it wasn't the Toppin Twin that's in the G League and Mac McClung, who's a great dunker, also in the G League. Um, right, it, it's just it's completely lost its value to me.
0: That's really it. Since the Gordon Levine dunk contest, it's mm-hmm. just it. They, Paul I don't George, know, John I don't, Wall, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it just has not.
1: It just hasn't been the same, Ethan. J.R. Smith, like we had some like really solid names that eventually became all stars. Right. Don't think, and, I don't think Jacob Toppin's going to be an all star.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, you, you put it perfectly there, Ethan. But there was one more spur, one more thing at All-Star Weekend that we got to talk about. My boy Dom Beasy in the G League up next game, hey. which was basically the same form- format as the Rising Stars, except in the first game they played to 30 instead of 40. Um, he was a part of Team Strictly because there were all these influencers. I don't know who, Sh- who Strictly is. Me neither. Um, but <laughs> all, the, all of the coaches were YouTuber influencers. Maybe that's bad of us since we're on YouTube ourselves. Um, maybe they should have put us as the coaches. That's really what I'm realizing. Um, <laughs> anyways, so. no. Uh, so they get on the broadcast, and they're talking to Team Strictly's coach, right? And they're, like, asking him about their team. They did it for both, co- both coaches before the game. And he's like, you know, we're from Minnesota. Um, we really like Luca Garza we think he's the best player in the G League and and his G League stats are actually insane like when they, when i first heard that i was like are they sure is he really like uh, like when i first heard that i was like oh no we have got homer coaches this is dom's not going to get any shine that's what i was thinking um but yeah lucas luca garza is averaging like 36 and 13 in the G League so i actually can't take anything away from him there wow but we fed him the ball and unfortunately he made like two three shots the whole game um mm-hmm. and like took a bunch um i don't think he, he took three i think he was over three from three mm-hmm. uh, but dom was starting okay and he had a nice little uh floater where he pump faked someone from the three-point line and it was actually like a really long floater um but he drained it first shot uh he had one time where he dribbled the ball up and did like a kind of a nasty dribble crossover I'm not gonna lie to you it reminded me of the OTE highlights the overtime elite highlights that I saw from <laughs> Don Barlow way back in the day when we first signed him to the two-way and that's what we had to go off of and you know overtime elite at that point was you know they didn't have an Eamon and Nassar Thompson you know getting mm. drafted that was the yeah. first player coming out so you didn't really know, you know, the legitimacy of it and, and everything like that. Now we can look back and be like, oh, he was playing with Alex Sar and against the Thompson Twins. Like, yes, it wasn't a crazy league, you know what I mean? But it was still worthy competition, you know, future NBA top lottery picks that he was playing, uh, playing against. So it was cool to see him, like, do the stuff that Pop is never going to allow him to do. Um, but then he also, he had seven points total, um, I can't remember where one, where the other two came from. Oh, it was a nice, it was a full court, uh, dro- drove up the lane. It wasn't the same dribble moves. He passed off on that one. But he did have a full court rebound coast to coast where he had a nice uh, spin, spin move right at the rim and got a layup on a guy in transition. Um, and then they were down 22 to 20. So if they miss here, you know, and then the other team gets a bucket, they're going to 30. So that kind of gives them a two possession lead you know, late in the game, if you will. So this was a big moment in the G League Next Up game. Huge moment. (laughs) I know, I'm kind of laughing about it uh, as I'm saying that. Uh, But Dom pulled up in transition and hit a three in a dude's face to give them the lead, and then never got the ball for the rest of the game. Well. And they lost by, like, three, I think. He, all things considered, he, he had a nice performance. That's really the bottom line. So shout out to Dom. He's back with the Austin Spurs. Uh, so they play tomorrow against the Oklahoma city
1: blues. So I'm going to be locked into that rivalry game. Big one. This one's for it, for it all. Maybe. I don't don't know. Well, that's disappointing to hear that they lost, but I, I didn't watch the game. Um, so I'm glad Dom at least had a couple highlights and a couple nice plays. Um, it sounded at least like it was more competitive than the other all-star game it was it was and
0: and he got to like i said he got to show off some like saucy moves mm. you know the three was really the only thing that was like just like a spot up shot that he had mm. um so i was glad that he kind of got to show off a little bit of the jelly that he has in his game now granted maybe it's a little bit easier to show that off against other guys in the g league up next game mm-hmm. but at the same time um that's just stuff that he doesn't really get to do in uh in austin or san antonio ethan for now jude for now (laughs) that's the key right but we do have one more thing that we're going to talk about in this all-star weekend recap ethan that kind of pertains to the future of the spurs a little bit Hmm. um we'll see if all of these rumors just end up being rumors because that can be the case Mm -hmm. but wemby was very very friendly with a certain point guard on a team that we just traded a former point guard of ours to, and that is, of course, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. There's been a lot of rumors about this. There's been some reports that have come out and said that the Spurs and the Hawks had conversations at the deadline for a potential Trey Young move. Um, There's also just a lot of smoke around the Hawks right now with how their season is going um, and them potentially moving not just one of DeJounte or Trey Young in the offseason, but potentially even both. Um, hmm. You know, the the Hawks are kind of, it seems like they are in a situation where they want to make a move of some sort um, to kind of free up this backcourt that hasn't worked out exactly as they've wanted it to. I think they're open to also maybe keeping one of the two as well, um, but it seems like that that that's, I've been seeing a lot of it on social media. Um, that the Hawks are are looking to make some moves this offseason. And so then you see Trey and Wemby, you know, throughout, throughout the all-star weekend, I know they were talking it up at the skills challenge. I believe that he might've even been at the rising stars challenge as well, but I might be thinking of Tyrese Halliburton there. I know he was on yeah. the broadcast in the finals. Um, but I believe that Trey might've been there as well on the sideline. Um, but, but okay. Um, So yeah, Ethan, I guess I'm just asking you, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on how friendly they looked Mm
1: -hmm. talking to each other? They definitely looked friendly. I don't know if you saw that thing where the jacket Wemby's wearing in the Louis Vuitton ad is the same jacket that Trey had on during Mm. the Rising Stars game when they were visiting with one another. So people were like, it was like a Marvel Easter egg. They were like, oh, the two things match. Maybe that means they're getting together. Um, Listen... I think Trey Young gets way too much hate personally. I know he's not without his deficiencies. A1 being his defense, being probably one of the worst in the NBA as far as being a point guard is concerned. Um, but other than that, I think everything else would fit. I don't see him as a selfish player. I know other people sometimes say that. I think he's actually one of the most unselfish players in the league. Um, his assist numbers are crazy. Uh, I know at times he can have high turnover numbers, but that kind of comes with it unless you're Tyrese Halliburton. Um, He's an unbelievable shooter. He can fill up the box score. And what's the number one complaint we've had about Wemby, just in general, is that we don't have a, a dynamic point guard that can get him the ball pretty much every single time. And that's what Trae Young is. He's a field general. He's made Clint Capella a very rich man. He's made John Collins a very rich man. He's made a lot of people's lives a lot easier, and we can't forget what he was able to do with the Hawks. Was it three years ago now? Three or yeah, four years ago, when something like the that. Simmons Sixers, right? And made it all the way to the conference finals on, on a not very good team. We saw what he did on the biggest stage in the world against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. He's capable of doing that kind of thing. Um, I like the move, personally. Will it happen? I don't know. Because I think that the Hawks can probably get more talent back from a different team. But can they get as much draft capital from another team? I don't know. The only other team I would say that could offer a lot of draft capital, there's two. The Knicks have draft capital, but they don't need a point guard. And Oklahoma City has draft capital, and they really don't need a point guard. So if we could find a way to not give up too much talent and kind of keep the core together... I, I, I hate to say it, but I, honestly, I wouldn't mind the trade, Jude. I would not mind the trade.
0: I wouldn't either. Um, and I wouldn't want uh, mind a different move, maybe for like even a different player of similar caliber. Um, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of why I brought this up. We're we're getting it's the All Star break. That's kind of like a timestamp in the NBA season, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, we got 27 games left. We kind of know where the Spurs are at right now maybe you see a couple more wins because of, you know, teams resting guys late in the season, like we saw last year. Um, And that'll be interesting. That's another conversation point that I want to get to here in a little bit. But will we have a worse record than last season? That that would just be – that would be very – if that happened, you know, I think context is very key and the depth of the league this year is just absolutely nuts. And then also the adjusting to Wemby part – like we mentioned earlier, as well as what another thing we've mentioned at nauseum with realizing that this is the first season that these guys have really played together with all of the injuries that we had last year. Um, but with all of that being said, Ethan, um, we have a lot of draft capital. We have potentially, I mean, with the way that the Raptors are looking right now, I'm, I'm feeling less and less confident in potentially getting that pick. You never know with the lottery, um, but that's not a guarantee. You are going to have your pick, right? And it's going to be a very attractive pick. Um, and eventually, you know, if this team doesn't develop the way that you may think some of them will, not saying that's even happened at this point, but just speaking hypothetically for the future here, you, there might have been a point eventually in this rebuild, not even might have, it was probably more of a likelihood that there were going to be some guys that you hit and miss on in the draft, right? Mm -hmm. And then you were going to have to make a move to elevate yourself with all of this capital that you've gained. You're not gaining this capital for no reason. Look at Oklahoma City. That's really who we've compared it to the most with Sam Presti, you know, having the Spurs connections, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So eventually a move like this was probably going to happen at some point. It just kind of depends on when. And I'm not even completely convinced that it does happen this offseason, um, especially depending on what happens in the draft mm-hmm. um, or the lottery more specifically. Um, but I do think, like you said, I, it's not a move I would hate. I wouldn't hate if we continue to develop with the people we have. We did this for another year. See what jumps guys take. You know, maybe you have, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on anything. But maybe you do kind of have something more similar to what we were expecting coming into this season, you know, with the guys actually having a full season under each other, knowing Wemby more, Wemby taking a jump, all of these other young players taking another jump because of their youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I, I wouldn't be mad at making a move as well because of the fact that you have all this capital. And if you have the opportunity to get somebody like that, um, and I know that a lot of people are clamoring for accelerating the timeline. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I'm not necessarily clamoring for clamoring for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not opposed to using our assets if a move that we like, you know, comes, gets on the table.
1: Trey Young's don't grow on trees. So it's very rare for a guy that can pretty much guaranteed get you 25 points and 10 assists a game to be available in a trade. Like, I think what you're saying, Jude, is like, you're not necessarily clamoring for one right now, right now, but what are the odds some someone of this caliber is available two years from now? Like, probably not very high. And we'd really mm-hmm. be banking on the fact that one of these picks is going to jump quickly into that all-star caliber point guard role, even if, if, if we even draft a point guard, like who knows? And, and, and are we going to attract a free agent? Probably not. Not at that caliber, I don't think. Like I feel like if if we're gonna gonna keep an all star like a Trey Young, you have to trade for him just so he can see how great San Antonio is and kind of have like stock in the team. So when re signing time comes, he's like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm already here. I like I like Vic. I like Pop. Like, let's get this thing going. And and for the record, I would not trade three players right now. Three players I consider like untouchable on the Spurs roster, and that's Victor, Devin, and Jeremy. I wouldn't trade those three guys.
0: I feel like that's probably if, if it came down to it for me, those those are if I'm making a 2k rebuild in real life Ethan, those are my three untouchables as well. Um and this year's pick. I don't I mean if it's Trey Young, that would be interesting. I I might be willing to give up this year's pick in that move if really? if it comes down to it. I know that sound I mean I know it's a lot but like you said, I mean, what, what, Trey Young? Where was he drafted? You know what I mean? Like, if we have the number Three, four pick. Four, 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 yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it really, I mean, yes, it, it would suck. It would be really nice to keep that. If you can move it, if you can get the trade across, you know, without that, obviously, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, But that may be something that the Hawks, you know, are like, hey, if we're going to do this. You know, we we, we want to have that's something we want in return because of what you mentioned of maybe guys that we considered untouchable. And OK, those are three of the most appealing players on the team. Obviously, we're not moving Wemby. Um, but you you see what I'm saying, like to to account for not getting one of those guys, they may want, you know, a top 10 pick. Um, but really, this is this is a conversation that we could you know we could explore the ins and outs of it you mm-hmm. know forever ethan um but at the same time uh it's just we'll we'll see how it plays out you know what i mean it's just it's not like i said we could go through all the ins and outs of it but it's it's really just a wait and see thing absolutely Yeah, we were not trying to insinuate. I see some of y'all in the comments. Uh, We were not trying to insinuate that Victor was untradeable or tradable in
1: any way. Uh, I think he's saying stop it as if Devin and... uh, He's the only one that's untradeable. Devin and Jeremy are, I think is what he's saying. And the only reason I say that they're not tradable in this instance is because if we give up those two for Trey, then we really have a depleted team. And that's just Trey and Vic, and i don't think we're gonna be that much better
0: yeah i mean that's just that's just my opinion right now yeah. jeremy's just 20 reasons. years 20 years old sorry yeah. to interrupt you yeah no, you're good like we're seeing him sh- continue to show flashes like we mentioned earlier he's younger than brandon miller for example mm-hmm. um and I, I mean i think the spurs also view devin that way that's why they signed him to a five-year contract for 136 million um but yeah, that's also my. I mean, I think the the two man game that he's developing, and also how he. I think he is someone who could fit next to a player a like trailer. Trey Young, you Absolutely. know, and and play off of him. Um, and we've talked about that, uh, you know, at, at nauseum as well. Whenever it comes to Devin and and his the way that he kind of his versatility in his fit, you know, on how we build the roster, regardless of how we build the roster moving forward. Agreed but I like what Victor says in the comments here. He says, Victor is untouchable. Another untouchable is Sissoko.
1: CD, hey, yeah.
0: CD's on that. Re- He's on that full-time contract, Ethan. Mm-hmm. I, I love two way.
1: <laughs> I need to see some CD minutes in the actual Spurs roster. Actually
0: late in the season. I think that would, I wouldn't mind throwing that out there. Like in the last two weeks it. of the year, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Let him spend a little bit more time in Austin. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the injury that he had. Sure. Um, and and also the G League season finishes up before the NBA season ends if i remember correctly so maybe after the G League season's over too that would be you know a good opportunity for yeah. that um but with all of that being said ethan what are kind of your thoughts we we kind of jumped into a lot of the off season there and some other stuff that i wanted to talk about just with it being the all star break but getting back to this year um What are just your end-of-year thoughts for the last 27 games of this season?
1: Oh, man. It's going to be a rough last 27 games. I don't envision us suddenly turning the page and becoming world beaters in any way. However, I would like to see some steady improvements from guys like Blake Wesley Victor Wimbanyama, as far as consistency and and understand controlling that fatigue that we've kind of seen start to attack uh, his rookie season late in the year, Um, and really just better cohesion overall. Like we've seen improvements defensively, we've seen it in, in halves, we've seen it in quarters. We haven't seen it much for full games. I think maybe one or two times we've seen a full game played completely the way we're supposed to play with pace and good defense. I would like to see a couple more of those as the season comes to an end.
0: Yeah, and I think we will to an extent. Like I mentioned earlier, with I, there's going to be teams that are resting guys for the playoffs, and mm-hmm. we're going to take advantage in some of those scenarios. I think it will be reminiscent. You know, to last season in that way. But I'm honestly I'm really not convinced, Ethan. With twenty-seven games left, I am not convinced that we get twelve wins in those twenty-seven games. And that is what we need to have a better record than last season, because last season we finished twenty two and yeah. sixty. And so, you know, I, I was just thinking about this, you know, and, and I'm thinking, okay, the likelihood is probably that we do finish with with a worse record than last season. Um and then I'm just thinking about, oh, what does that do for, for the off season talking points and stuff like that? Um, nice. And I'm sure there will be a lot of that. There will be a lot of craziness and a lot of just, in my opinion, outrageous stuff. Um, but with all of that being said, Ethan, I still have enjoyed this season much more than I did last year. And that's probably just because we get to watch Victor every mm-hmm. single time that we turn on a Spurs game. Um, but even then, like the... When you see the way that we've been able to see the players, it, it does really all revolve around him at the end of the day. I was trying to, you know, try to think of a way to put it to, to give some other guys credit. Like Devin, Devin, it really has been fun to watch his development this season. I know it's been rough for for Jeremy, but it's also been nice to see him rebound after how the, the point guard experiment went. And then getting back to Devin, like I said, just getting to see him be consistent, you know, uh, over – show what he showed us in the 36 games we saw last year, you know, over a, now at this point, you know, almost 60 game span. Um, there, there's been a lot of fun stuff to see there. Um, but mainly the, the thing that has been fun to watch is them building chemistry with Victor. And then when you finally see things right, even though it's not consistent, um, you can start to see the flashes of wh- how things could potentially look Uh, Mm -hmm. when the Spurs build some consistency and get some more experience under their belt.
1: 1,000%. 1,000%. And you know what? Just to to add one more thing to this last 27 games, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Jude. I'm going to say the player that turns it around the most in these last 27 games and plays the most better, if that makes sense.
0: I know who you're going for. I already know. I can read your mind. Go ahead. I don't know. Malachi Branham. Okay, I can't read your mind. Never mind. I take it back. I thought you were going to go Zach.
1: No, I'm going to go with Malachi. I don't think Zach's done for this year. I think the rest of the year will be the same. But I think Malachi Branham has an opportunity here. We saw him get a few more games under his belt as, as as we approached All-Star break where he was getting meaningful minutes again. I think he, he turns it around and, and comes back to not like crazy great, but just closer to what we saw from him last season.
0: I mean, he's going to have the opportunity, that's mm-hmm. for sure. And, you know, when you mentioned that, it, last year he kind of turned it on later in the year, too, which we mentioned that was similar to kind of how it worked his freshman year at Ohio State. Now, we don't want that, as much as that was fun last season to talk about, we don't necessarily want that to be a trend for Malachi. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to be able to build that consistency throughout a season. Um, and we also don't want the success to just kind of be also in the end of the year. Like I mentioned, where they are right, you're playing some third stringers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's interesting, Ethan. I to be honest with you,'m I'm, I'm not as confident in that, but with he definitely has the opportunity to. So we'll, we'll see if you end up being right on that. Um, and that's something to definitely that's something to keep an eye on because with him mm. getting Doug's minutes now, like there's gonna be more of a spotlight on that. Like because you just said that, I'm going to be paying attention to that more in the King's game tonight. Uh, which is a 9 o'clock start time because we're on the West Coast, which is why we're doing a pregame stream. I don't even know if I mentioned that at the beginning, but that's just kind of, I don't know if we've ever done a pregame stream before, and we're going to get into that game here in a little bit, but we also wanted to recap the All-Star break and talk about all that stuff. Well said, sir. Okay, we'll get to some of the comments, though, before we get to this preview here, Ethan. Victor says, "If we trade for a PG, I honestly wouldn't want Young. What about Darius Garland? Better on defense. Um, I mean, I I, if, I would take either. Um, I just, to be honest with you, I don't think that Darius Garland. <laughs> maybe he's on the the untouchable list for for the Cavs. I don't know. Maybe he's not. But I think that Trey Young is much more available than Darius Garland when it comes to that."
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's the thing that always bugs me in the comments is people are like, let's just go trade for LeBron. it's like, he's not available. Or like, let's go play trade for Tyrese Halliburton was a big one early in the season. We had several people saying, let's go trade for Tyrese Halliburton. It's like, yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) Go do that. He's not available. Trey Young's available
0: yeah the the Cavs are now the two seed in the east I checked that today because I, I realized the Bucks. man I don't even I don't want to get too off topic in the NBA here but man the box like if you go back to firing coach buds like what are you anyways and then you see what's happened when you bring in Doc, Doc Rivers midway through the season and it's like <sighs> I feel like they should be better than they are right now like when you have Dame next to Giannis this is not how this year should have gone and maybe it would regardless with Adrian Griffin you know we maybe we don't know some things behind the scenes but when you're 30 and 13 and then you bring in a new head coach midway through the year and then now you know you've got Cleveland and Cleveland's really good but Cleveland's surpassing you you know you're falling in the standings mm-hmm. um yeah not to not to get too off topic there going back to the question though um you know I mean I would love Darius garland too like I said I just don't think uh I don't think he is available.
1: I want Steph Curry.
0: <laughs> don't we all, Ethan? Don't I think we? I want Steph. Don't we all? Okay, last thing before we get to the Kings and Lakers preview, Ethan. This was something that during the Mavs game, I was texting with some friends and uh, in, a, in a group chat where we talk about a bunch of stuff, but we talk about the Spurs a lot. Um, and we've been talking about this all year. It's like, we've been saying this, but we haven't been saying it this way. And you'll get what I mean as I continue. Um, But one of my friends, you know, and and this was after they went up 26 to 11 and then we took Wemby out and things happened like they normally do when that happens. Um, I was just so frustrated (laughs) and I was, I was spamming in there and I was like, Oh, this is just, this just is tough. And it was also cool. Cool. Cause like, we weren't doing a post game, so I was kind of just like I was full fan mode, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Watching it, um, and one of my friends just goes, "Spurs are tankers, dude," <laughs> and mm. and it was like light bulb. <laughs> like I like we've been talking about this. Like I said, we've basically been saying that. Um, and it, it it he brought up, you know, another point that he brought up was the minutes restriction. And that's mm. something that we're very and yes, Wemby has been gassed, but also like think about how many single digit games we've had, Ethan. Where if Wemby plays another six or seven minutes, like that might be the difference with the way that he's he's impacted the game this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong.
0: There's been a lot of subtle subtle stuff. There there was another thing that I also wanted to mention. Um, well, the Doug trade. There you go. You were talking about Malachi, and 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 while we talked about that beforehand, that you know we agree for the future of the team, that's going to be better anyway because we need to just see what Malachi has. You know what I mean more than more so than Doug, mm-hmm. um, but that's another little like subtle tanking type move in in the last twenty seven games of the year. You know,
1: yeah, I think the Spurs do a very 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 very, very good job of disguising their tanking. We've done it for years. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, and you know, Adam Silver's not going to be knocking on Brian Wright's door or Pop's door like, why aren't you playing Wemby more? Because he's, you know, he's the NBA's baby moving mm-hmm. forward. So they're going to let all that slide. And there's probably some other stuff um, that I can't remember. But going back to last year, what I can remember is all of those guys not playing a full 82 <laughs> games. Keldon, even I remember when we looked back at the game totals, like Keldon only played like 70 or something, like it wasn't even as many as we thought, even though it felt like it was just him out there most of the year last season. Um, mm. Because it was, but like the amount of games that, that Jeremy and Devin played as well, um, and, and other guys too, it was just, there's a lot of little subtle things that they do to keep these draft odds where they're at, Ethan. And really, when you look at this rebuild, Victor had a great comment about patience earlier, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to building, you know, the way that the Spurs are building. Um, and like I said, you know, with the assets we have, maybe we do make a move that accelerates the timeline. Um, but at the same time, if we're going to do this rebuild thing, you know, kind of following that OKC path, like we've been talking about, you you want to have the highest draft odds possible because you're not going to be, you know, at least at, at this point in year one with Wemby, like you're not going to be competing for the plan as much as I thought that that was a possibility <laughs> before mm. the season. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to take some time to get there. So why would you why would you not try to get the highest draft odds possible, even if, you know, you end up getting really unlucky and falling to like six or something? You know what
1: I mean? It's all part of the plan, Jude. It's all part of the plan.
0: There you go, Ethan. You're
1: exposing the Spurs, dude. I you to stop talking. <sighs> okay, okay. My bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, this would be like a Spurs like bun <laughs> just like at the back of your head. Stop Wright. talking. <laughs> You're supposed you supposed to be a fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't tell all my secrets. Yeah, literally. Oh, my gosh. We're going to trade these draft picks at some point, though. I know, like, OKC still has a ton of capital, but, like, there's going to be a time where they're not going to be able to pay everybody on their roster that they've drafted. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna use those picks that they have to get more, you know, above average, like role player type dudes to fill out the rest of the roster. So, you know, it's not like we're gonna go crazy and trade everything, but like like I said, you know, we're not gonna use all those picks either. Mm. True. Did they give up a
1: pick for Gordon Hayward? Or what did they give up for Gordon Hayward?
0: <sighs> I feel like such a bad podcast host. And I'm glad you reminded me of that because that's gonna be really interesting to watch. Um, I think they I
1: might have given up, like, one first. Let me go. Let me go here.
0: Okay. Which is hilarious. Thunder, trade for Gordon Hayward, details.
1: This is why we need, like, a third guy on the show just to do our research for
0: <laughs> us. <laughs> OK, well, luckily the NBA has an article, and it popped up first. Um, the Thunder receive Gordon Hayward. The Hornets receive... Uh, Vasili my my chick. I don't know if you saw. He was helping out the Hornets a lot. Mm. I was like, when I was seeing those highlights, I was like, mm, maybe we should have got him. Um, Trey, Mann, Davis, Bertons, cash considerations, and then two second round picks.
1: Two seconds.
0: Mm. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know I've been saying we're going to get to the Kings and Lakers preview, but there's one more thing that I wanted to mention that I forgot to mention earlier on Trey Young. He's from Oklahoma, was born in Lubbock, Texas, would be a little bit more closer to home.
1: Just saying. That's another Mm. thing there. It would be, for everyone saying no, it would be crazy. It would be unbelievable to watch those two play together. Just think about that.
0: And what's his biggest deficiency, like you said? Defense, Defense, right? What's the best team to go to to a get coached up on your defense, and two, to have somebody behind you who with an eight foot wingspan who can make up for you
1: getting beat off the dribble. Spurs. And if we can keep Jeremy and Devin as well. There you go. And a Julian Champagny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but you know, when you mention the Jeremy Devin point, that's actually key because maybe we just do what we've been doing already with Trey Jones and throw throw Jeremy at that the primary ball handler and then know, mm-hmm. you know and you, on you those
1: nights of, that Trey Young is playing bad offense and we just got to take him out of the game who's on the bench Blake Wesley and you got Devin still
0: who can Devin. be another bucket getter off the dribble
1: I love the trade
0: Yeah the more I'm talking about it the more the more I'm kind of seeing a lot of the uh the a trade. Lot of the, the the trade <laughs> That's
1: a good one. T R A E D.
0: Um, what was I gonna say? It's it just I'm seeing all the little nooks and crannies of things that I like. That's what I'll say. Mm. Here's what Eric says for the rest of the season. He says, I would not want any touches taken away from Wesley at this point. So he's on the he's on the Blake Wesley hype train, courtesy of yourself, Ethan.
1: Welcome aboard, Mr. Eric Piscina. It's very comfortable on board. There's not many on here. There you go. There you go.
0: All right, Ethan. Let's get into some games, some actual talk. It is 7.30 about, so we're about an hour and a half from Tip in Sacramento. Um, That We also play the Lakers tomorrow. This is going to be a tough (laughs) back-to-back. I'm not really expecting us to win either game, um, but I do feel like, and, and I think we even talked about this when we previewed the Rodeo road trip, Ethan, that maybe this Lakers game could be a potential win for us just because it's, it's, uh, it's not his first game in Staples. But it's his first real game in Staples, even though it's not the Staples Center anymore. But it's, it's always going to be that for me. Um, what, is it Crypto.com now? Or did they change it I think it, it again? went
1: back to something. I think it might have gone back to Staples, actually.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Regardless, first time playing the Lakers in LA, in mm. their stadium, which will soon be only their stadium as mm. the Clippers uh, are getting a new arena here soon um i think that could could potentially be a win for us just because also uh you know Devin wears 24 for a reason grew up idolizing kobe that's going to be his first game in that arena whatever it's called um since the erection of the kobe statue (laughs) maybe that wasn't the best uh word choice there Mm -hmm. but since Uh, yes the erection (laughs) of the kobe statue yes (laughs) uh but the kobe statue since it was unveiled how about Kobe's that erected. yes <laughs> e- erected i don't
1: know yes. <laughs> I gotta... Kobe's erected point this. is
0: it, it devin's gonna have some motivation to to show out in the home of his idol as well as victor just being in la um but tonight's game uh, I, I just don't have i don't have much confidence ethan
1: Yeah, I have zero confidence. Uh, I think Sabonis (laughs) is going to pick us apart defensively. I think he'll absolutely demolish the Spurs coming off a long break. I'm sure our legs will be tired. Our effort will be minimal. Um, I'm I'm just expecting one of those games. However, I think coming off of a loss tonight will have us motivated going into tomorrow, plus all the reasons that you just outlined about it being on a big stage like this. First game for Wemby in L.A. against the Lakers. Even if LeBron James is back tomorrow, um, I'm gonna go with a Spurs win. We usually play well against the Lakers in general anyway um, and, and plus we'll we'll be warm off of the coming off the back to back. so guys should have found their rhythm, uh, but they may otherwise not have tonight. One other side point about tonight's game though last time we played the Kings, Zach Collins had an unbelievable game. I'm praying to God that that happens again tonight. Because he needs one. Especially coming off of this long break. He needs to get that confidence back.
0: And also, like I mentioned earlier, no Barlow tonight. No Barlow tonight if you get in foul Mm -hmm. trouble. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, He's with the G League right now, so... Yeah, it would be it would be really nice to have a bounce back performance from Zach, you know, just to come off the all star break. That's something I am interested in. I know you were saying like and I agree with you and I was looking at the standings. They're actually only two games apart right now, but it still kind of feels like the Kings and and the and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm still a little drunk off of last season, but it kind of does feel I, I in my head. I kind of view the Kings and, and the and the Lakers in a little bit of separate tiers. Um, even though they're only two games apart in both the eight and the ninth seed, but that also has to do with once again, the depth and, and the jumps that a lot of other teams have made, you know, OKC mainly, um, is the one in the West this year, but yeah, I don't, I just, you know, I just, <laughs> I think the kicks are going to beat us. I think that D'Aaron is probably going to do his thing. Like you said, some is going to, he'll probably get close to a triple double, um, you know, run some offense through the elbow, but then also be able to get some buckets on some guys in the interior and use his physicality. Wouldn't surprise me if he got Wemby a couple times. But also, I because we're coming off rest, like I can see us being rusty, Ethan, but I, um, I also could see us, you know, being energetic as well. And maybe it will be that tonight we kind of get our rear end kicked and then that shows up more in, in the Lakers game on Friday. Um, but I think maybe there's a chance that, like, we have a fast start tonight, um, a la Mavericks, <laughs>
1: But ultimately, you- <laughs> we're going to lose.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd be very surprised if if the Spurs won tonight.
1: Wemby will get a couple highlights. He'll poster Sabonis at least once. That would be nice. Maybe maybe Revenge of uh, Sohan the Destroyer. Maybe he'll get a nice poster again, too. That would be that cool. That would be cool. Jinx, you owe me a Coke.
0: <laughs> hey, well, Blake Wesley malachi branham those are two guys we're going to be watching minutes for we said we said zach as well um and then yeah i mean it really just comes down to the whole starting lineup i guess with with what else i'm looking forward to
1: um blake wesley versus uh darren fox would be crazy two of the fastest guys
0: that's a good man that would be it would be I would like to see just at least a couple one-on-one possessions with them just to see if, if Blake would be able to get some stops. Mm-hmm. But Robert Ball is here in the comments, and he says he heard that Sabonis was sick and listed as doubtful for tonight. Mm. So I am going to run over to the injury report for this game, Ethan, and see what that says.
1: Do, 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 do. Well,
0: Marcus Morris is out, not with team. that's the other thing we still don't know for sure what's going to happen with that last roster spot i saw victor was mentioning earlier he's talking about killian hayes i wouldn't be completely opposed to that um it is interesting because we just sent barlow back down to the g league so i know we as much as that seemed like the most obvious thing ethan we'd Mm -hmm. also mentioned how you know it wouldn't be the most surprising thing ever if we kept him on a two-way just because with him being twenty years old also there is still some benefit for him playing in the G League um to a certain extent. Um and then next year, you know, you could you could elevate his contract. But, you know, it'll it'll once again, that's another thing that by the end of the month will be resolved, Ethan.
1: Yeah, I'm cool with Killian Hayes, but my only question is is he even gonna play? Like with the way Blake's been playing? Like I'd much rather give Blake the backup minutes. And then at that point, why do we even have him like Yeah, he'd
0: he'd just be Devontae, yeah, at that point, now that you're mentioning that. Um, Sabonis is listed as day-to-day with an illness, questionable for Thursday's game against the Spurs. He was a full participant in the Kings' morning Mm shoot-around, Sean Cunningham of Fox 40 Sacramento reports. That tells me, like, he's going to try to play then. If he participated in the shoot-around, that probably means it's
1: optimistic. Hmm. I hope he doesn't. In which case, I might, I might change my prediction to at least competitive.
0: And that, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ethan, because that's kind of my hope for tonight. If we can, if we can be in the game with like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, even if we blow it in the last seven minutes, if we can just get to like halfway through the fourth quarter mm. and we're still in the game, and I'm like, you know, I was, I was excited enough to keep watching. Mm-hmm. That, that's just what I want tonight in, in the return to basketball.
1: Sorry, I dropped something.
0: I wouldn't You're mind good. that either. Shout out Robert Ball. Robert Ball, we appreciate the thank you. He says thank you for checking on that. It might have been, you know, and it, it sometimes the things change during the day too. I've seen that. So, like, it could have been doubtful this morning. Like, you might not necessarily be wrong either. We hoping to split this back to back. Ethan, is that is that the goal? Is that the consensus? I think so. I think there so. There you go. There you go. Well, I think that just about wraps this one up. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us. We hope you enjoy the late night game tonight and tomorrow over the weekend. Um, I know today's not technically the weekend, but y'all get what I'm saying. And if you enjoyed the content, don't forget to hit that like button and the subscribe button below. You can follow us on Twitter to stay updated with everything at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, at Ethan underscore Quintero. And if you want to stay updated or not stay updated, If you want to support the show, and you maybe like this hat or this shirt that I'm wearing, you can go ahead, or Ethan's there in the background, you can go ahead and scan this QR code, or you can go to the link in our description, or the channel description, sspn.myspreadshop.net, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Like I said, click the link, here's the QR code, check it all out if you would like to support the show. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Go Spurs, go.